think I'm on. Yes, you are. There we go. All right. All right. Welcome back. Um, today, we are going to discuss nothing about the Browns because I don't want to. <laughs> but um, I, the Browns losing to the Steelers did jumpstart my first mock draft of the offseason because it is the offseason right now for me because um, I don't like football right now. So it's a hate-filled mock draft, too. So I did it out of hate. I am very excited to hear about this because yeah. I haven't – geez, I I haven't even really put two thoughts into the mock drafts yet because I, I, I'm really intrigued to see what happens with the top picks because there are a lot of teams that could have – multiple picks within the top 10 and a few weeks ago there was that dream scenario where it was like giants giants jets jets someone that would have been awesome where they had like everybody had like two picks within the top six or whatever right and then things kind of unraveled and now things are more evenly distributed a little bit but i was really excited a few weeks ago now i'm kind of bummed out but i'm very excited to hear your mock draft the way it is currently set up, it is four Jets, five Giants, six Panthers, and then it's Jets Giants again. So that's cool. Oh. But um, the Eagles do have three first rounders. They've all fallen out of the top ten though. But uh, I and this mock draft isn't. I this isn't like my 1.0 mock draft. It's just I got I got so mad watching the game because I had to keep watching Baker Mayfield play football that I just like <laughs> I'm just gonna make a mock draft right now. So that's what I did. Well, let me, to... let me ask you this. Okay. Was there was there any spite picks that you put together, like uh, like Steelers taking like a, a free safety instead of drafting offensive linemen like we've needed to for the past two years? Or was there any Browns right. drafting new quarterback? Was there was there any like overly emotional picks? No, I for a second I did. I have been thinking about like what if the Browns just took a quarterback in the first round, but I. There, there is no quarterback I personally would take in this first round. It's just not worth it. And the fact that, you know, we do have Baker for one more year because we picked up his fifth-year option. So we can just – he can get his off-season surgery. He's not playing uh, against the Bengals. He's just getting a head start on the surgery that he's desperately needed. So just go one more year with him and then reassess from there, whether it be through the draft or a bridge quarterback like – Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo, it's just somebody, somebody of that caliber, not those two specifically. But although those two might probably will be open, we'll be looking for jobs then. But um, <laughs> so this is going to change. But number one, I had the Jags taking uh, Thibodeau from Oregon. Um, that's going to change. It's going to become an offensive lineman. Uh, number two, Detroit. I've been taking Aiden Hutchinson. Not only is it the Michigan fit, and Aiden Hutchinson is a legend at Michigan now, <clears throat> um, it, it, it kind of seems like a cultural fit. He kind of seems like one of Dan Campbell's guys. So <laughs> I like that there. Uh, Houston, I have them taking Derek Stingley Jr. They need everything. Yeah. Um, I would love. It would be so much better if one of those two edge rushers were there. I wouldn't take Carl off this this high at three, or if I were the Texans, I would take Carl Loftus if I was like, you know, we could we could accidentally win a couple games this year. The Texans aren't going to. 
next year because they they're just in a world of hurt right now. So I have them just go get the best player available at the moment, uh, Derek Stingley. For the Jets, I have them taking Evan Neal. I'm definitely changing that. I know Makai Becton is awesome. I think he got hurt. I don't know if he's played in a while. Yeah, no, he hasn't played. Weren't there rumors time. that he was going to be done with the team for whatever reason? Yeah, I think he was hurt the majority of his rookie year. Or not the majority, but a good chunk. Like, he's gone down with injuries twice in his career already, and this is year two. Uh, but when he's on the field, like, he's you know unbelievable. Uh, he, he's, he's exactly what I thought he was going to be. I, re- I remember when that draft, which would have been last year. No. Yeah, it would have been like Yeah, I was just saying. It would have been last year's draft. I remember I was dying for the Browns to select this guy. Obviously, they didn't. They went with what appears to be the worst of the tackles at this point. So <laughs> Wait, I thought J.J. Quill was, was good. I thought everyone was, loved he, him. He has so many. He commits the most penalties I've ever seen an offensive tackle make, and he just can't stay on the field. When he's on the field, he's okay. Uh, he splashed greatness. But there's just something about him that, like, he has regret. Everybody on the Browns not named Miles Garrett has regressed this year. So, and Nick Chubb and the offensive line for the most part. But as a whole, as a unit, I should say. So, well, that's enough about the Browns right now. We'll get to there. Um, <laughs> Wait, I was, five- interested. I was actually interested in that Jedrick Wills thing. He kind of reminds me of Anthony Davis. I feel like Anthony Davis gets hurt five times every game. Yeah, yeah, the Lakers are just a mess. But um, the Giants, I actually have them taking Karloftis at five. Uh, I th- again, this is as I'm looking through this mock draft and I'm seeing the other names later down the list. There are like a hundred different changes I would make to this. But for as of now, we got Karloftis at five to the Jets. Really good edge rusher from Purdue. Six to the Panthers. I'm not going to be able to say this guy's name. But I do like him a lot because I watched him a lot because I bet on NC State a lot this year. Uh, Akeem Ekuanu, he's a tackle. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. I'm not. I'm very famously known for not being able to pronounce names. So, <laughs> but he, he is this this offensive tackle class, and this is the problem for a team like Pittsburgh is it is so top heavy, and afterward it just takes a massive dip. So. Well, that's, that's why, excellent I'm for a team now. that's competing for the playoffs. What's that? I said, well, that's just excellent news for a team that's fighting for the playoffs in the last week of the season. Right. Uh, I, I don't have Pittsburgh taking a quarterback or uh, uh, an offensive lineman just because I don't think there's a, a one worth it at that point. Um, it, 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 there, there's, there's an offensive tackle that went after uh, Pittsburgh selection in my mock draft, but it's just it's a value thing. I wouldn't have taken them there. I would have. You'll see. You'll see. Um, I'll see. Seven. The Jets. I have them taking Kyle Hamilton, uh, arguably the second best player in this draft, but need need overtakes talent in the top ten at this point. So I have the Kyle Hamilton falling to seven, eight. The Giants. This is I would probably have it flipped in my next one. I would have Karloftis going eight, and I'd have Charles Cross, who is an offensive tackle out of Mississippi State. Extremely, there is a lot of buzz going around this guy right now. And I watched, I watched some of his highlights the other day. I know highlights aren't a very stable way of, you know, 
scouting somebody. I want to call what I do scouting. But, Especially on offensive linemen. Right, yeah, but I, I, I know offensive line better than I know any other position because that's the position I played. Uh, so I, and I really like this guy a lot. Uh, and then nine Washington, I have them taking Tyler Lind- Linderbaum, the center from Iowa. I know he translates wow. more to, he translates more to guard and if Brandon Sheriff leaves in free agency, then he would fail in right there, but he can also play center. He can replacing do one he, Iowa guard with another Iowa guard. Exactly. And he's really, he's one of the best run blockers in all college. He is a really good player. Um, 10, the Falcons, as I'm taking Jordan Davis from Georgia. Keep him in the state. Really good player. They need help on the defensive line. Not a quarterback worth – not a quarterback I would take. Um, and then, as I say that, immediately after the first quarterback goes off the board, uh, 11, Denver, I have Kenny Pickett. I think – I just think he – I just – the biggest knock on him for a while, I went back and read some scouting reports on him prior to this season, is that he has not improved. Other than that, he's been he's a very interesting prospect in the eyes of the NFL, and he improved quite a bit this year. So I think he's going to get I think he's going to get drafted really high. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets taken by somebody like Washington, maybe Atlanta, but just for the sake of this is my own mock draft and everyone else can go to hell. Kenny Pickett's going to 11. Uh, 12, the Vikings, they need help everywhere. They're kind of yeah. falling apart. You can you can see the vision that they're going to fall – Minnesota's going to fall apart here eventually. Uh, I have them taken to Marvin Leal. He's the best player available, in my opinion. Uh, uh, left at this point at pick number 12. So, And then we get to my Cleveland Browns, uh, 13. I've, you know how long I've wanted the Browns to get a receiver, so I have them taking the best receiver in the draft, uh, Gary Wilson. Uh, that's a, that's an interesting pick. I know that would most definitely be a fan favorite selection. Um, I I have friends who are I have many friends who are Browns fans, and there's one in particular who has been calling for Garrett Wilson's name for months, but years. I'm gonna hold on. Uh, first of all, I do want to say I do like your DeMarvin Leal pick because I, I thought last year, and this is a really weird take to get excited about, but I yeah. thought last year the Vikings were going to be in a great spot to draft Jalen Phillips, and right. he was available at their draft pick, and then they traded out of that selection. So I, I do like that, that you have them going back to the defensive line, which they should have addressed last year. Um, right. And, and DeMarvin Leal's, uh, although he's not much of an edge rusher, which I thought they could have used because they needed help rushing the passer. But uh, tra- uh, translating back to the – that is not the right word. But going back to the Browns pick, um, I – it makes no sense. I, I, can't, I can't explain it because he was right there with them last year. But I, just from this year alone, I got to say Jamison Williams is the best receiver in college football. So I – just straight away untouchable speed. Yeah, He's, he he would be if you put him where Michael Thomas is right now. He would be awesome because I feel like he like those quick slants. He's his feet are so quick, and he's right. so good at just getting he's a little so bit of fat. space. Now I, I will say I've always 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 preferred Garrett Wilson over Chris Olave because Garrett Wilson has much more that acrobatic athleticism right. that. If you if you if you see him one on one and you're kind of in a position where 
you can't throw the ball away on third down and you can't take a sack. You just got to, you know, to give it your best shot. He's the guy, he is the guy in this draft class that you want in mm-hmm. that position. Cause he's, he, he's bailed out some throws at, at some points in time. So I've always been Garrett Wilson over Chris Olave. I totally agree with that. But man, just Jamison Williams this year has really, really blown me away. So he's my number one, but, I do like that you went with Wilson over Olave because I feel like over the past couple of years, there have been some Buckeye fans who have had Olave over Wilson, maybe just because of career numbers or something. Yeah. But I've always thought that Wilson was always a better overall talent. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's It's kind of the same way I felt with Michael Thomas at Ohio State because his stats never blew you away. But I could always – you can always tell, kind of tell when, like, you, you you can tell when you see an NFL wide receiver. Like when if they're gonna be a good wide receiver in the NFL, you could tell I saw it with Michael Thomas. I saw it with Chase Claypool, although he kind of fucking stinks now. Um <laughs> I it, you can kind of he, tell. he makes I, great catches in traffic. Although I guess the Browns he, he had a couple uh, this past weekend, man, he had a couple where he almost made fantastic catches and then dropped Greg it at Newsom the last had his ass. Greg Newsom is that, that that guy's awesome. So yeah, um, I I still don't get though how you guys just keep drafting cornerbacks. Like you got Denzel Ward, and then you got well, what's his name? You got Greedy. De- uh, yeah, Greedy Williams, who just evaporated, and then Grant right. Delpit is somewhere. I, like you guys just like keep drafting defensive backs, and I feel like you have like two. And now Owusu Kormo was like, oh, is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Like you guys have so many. Like no, he's a stud. Well, I'm I'm a fan of his always and forever, no matter what team he's on. But he is a monster. I I truly yeah. think he's going to be one of the best linebackers in the NFL in like five years. He is I would, unbelievable. I would love it. I would absolutely love it. Um, I would, listen. I would too. He's got yes, you. He's got a little brother who I think mm. is he's currently a freshman in high school who just picked up an offer for Notre Dame. So apparently that guy's a stud too because he's getting major offers his freshman yeah. year. So something um, to look out for. Yeah. But, anyway, uh, 14, Eagles, one of three, their first of three. Andrew Booth Jr., corner out of Clemson. They need help on defense. This is going to be – if I were the Eagles, I would just go just fix the defense uh, in the first round. Uh, you can survive with what you got on offense. So just go with the, the just go with the best corner and call it a call it a pick. Uh, they 15. are surviving with that offense because somehow yeah. they're in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know how, but um, <laughs> fifteen. It's funny you mentioned Michael Thomas, the Saints, and Jamison Williams because at fifteen, I had the Saints taking Jamison Williams. Well, it's a shame that they just paid Michael Thomas all that money that he was begging for because they would have had an easy replacement right here. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a shame that Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas, the most slant boy. Um, 16, Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore's probably going to have to replace Calais Campbell this year. Um, not like Calais Campbell is the Calais Campbell he was th- three, four years ago, but he's still pretty good. He's still apparently like one of the highest rated uh, uh, defensive linemen when it comes to win rate against a lineman. Despite all his numbers being down, he's just he's he's gonna he's gonna go somewhere else. I don't think Baltimore can pay him because they got to pay Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews coming up. So 
I have them taking David Ajabo from Michigan. Um, 17, your Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, boy. Fullback? No. Um, <laughs> it, again, this is going to change. I, I don't get the sense that Pittsburgh's going quarterback in the first round. I don't know why. I feel like they would rather get someone like, I don't know, Teddy Bridgewater, just somebody of that caliber, not Teddy Bridgewater, but somebody of that caliber to say, okay, Ben Roethlisberger, ben Roethlisberger is, has us week 18 in a position to go to the playoffs if things happen the way they happen. I know that I know. I think they need the Jags to beat the Colts, and the Colts are still fighting for the playoffs. So good luck with that. And the Jags, and the Jags are, are still fighting for the first pick. Yeah. So good luck with that. But as of right now, I have them taking Sam Howell. Uh, don't hate it. Um, although I, and this this is shouldn't be something that I pay attention to. This is very casual fan of me. But uh, I, the, all the Baker Mayfield comparisons are starting to concern me with this guy, which is, right. uh, which I mean, Baker's had a number of issues that all that all kind of developed once he was in the league, not like, yeah, it's not a bunch of things that were concerns that you know he does. It's not like Sam Howell has the same concerns that Baker has, so that shouldn't be a big again. A little bit casual fan of me, um, right. I typically like bigger quarterbacks, so I also, for my own, obviously I think that smaller quarterbacks can be successful. Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, no, no doubt. Um, I, I, I will always be skeptical of Kyler Murray. However, I will say that mm. I will always think that he's gonna he's gonna crash and burn at the end of the season, no matter how good he looks in the first six games. But um, it would be. I, I could kind of do my little mental gymnastics and spin this in my head. I could say, all right, he was really, really good his first two years. He was a day one starter at North Carolina. And right. then his best receiver left and his two NFL running backs left. And then all of a sudden the offense fell apart. I could kind of convince myself, oh, well, you know, maybe maybe he just – needs a little pick me up maybe just you know that that was always that's what everyone said about Jordan Love everyone uh-huh. said yeah he he threw a bunch of just interceptions his last year at Utah State cuz he was the only returning starter at Utah State so he kind of right. had to do that was kind of the excuse uh, well I shouldn't say excuse because that that's kind of fair but the 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 talk about Jordan Love when everyone looked at his stats they were always like man if this guy came out the year before like he would have been awesome but he's got all these interceptions well it's like well he didn't have much help. So I could kind of Jordan love myself into being convinced that Sam, Sam Darnold, Sam Howell mm. uh, would be a success. Now, if Sam Howell gets drafted and he shows up to practice, they won't wear the number seven. I am going to have an enormous problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, would no. just, that would just be the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't despise that pick, but I also – It'd be like Najee Harris. Well, Najee Harris, I did despise that pick, although he looked awesome this year. However, he wasn't blocking yeah. for himself, and there were many games where he couldn't do it all by himself. But with Sam Howe, I, I'd be very in in between. I wouldn't be so disgusted and throwing my hands in the air, but I wouldn't be tremendously excited thinking right. he nailed it. Uh, if you look at Sam Howe's stats, he took a – as a passer – 
stats were down across the board, literally everywhere. Uh, completion percentage, yards, yards per attempt, touchdowns, had two more interceptions on the year. His quarterback rating was down. But the one interesting thing I noticed, in 2020, he rushed, he carried the ball 92 yards for 146 yards and five touchdowns. So a lot of that could have came with sacks, um, broken pocket or whatever. This season, he ran the ball 183 times for 828 yards and 11 touchdowns. Oh, let's go. Yeah, so I I think... 800? Yeah, so I think my theory is his stats took a dip because he was asked to do everything for North Carolina. And he can only do so much. I mean... it, it was a tough ask to ask Sam Howell to t- to carry North Carolina to what they did last year. That's just a tough ask. They, they were not a good team this year, so he did the best he could. I still think I would I would rank him as my number one quarterback. I just think Kenny Pickett kind of fits the Denver mold a little bit better from what I'm from what I'm seeing. Um, but Sam, I, I I would definitely change this in my next mock because I don't think I'd have Pittsburgh. I think I would rather have them go interior offensive lineman or one of these tackles later or trade back, if anything. Um, 18, the Raiders, um, they're kind of a hard team to look at right now. They kind of uh, need a receiver. That's where I That's where I have them going. I have them taking Chris Olave. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. Um, I'm I'm not sure where I would fit Traylon Traylon Burks, who is a guy that I fell in love with this year. Watching him play, he was a lot of fun to watch at Arkansas. I watched I, I watched only like two of their games, but the two games that I've watched, he was awesome. Um, right. I I haven't watched a single snap that I can. Well, I, I watched USC play Notre Dame, but, but I don't remember this guy at all. But all, all this buzz, man, I'm like, oh, who's this Drake London guy that everybody's talking about? I know that he is drawing a lot of attention. So uh, once we get past uh, Jamison Williams and Garrett Wilson, it seems like kind of a a little bit of a free-for-all for who's number three. Right. Yeah, there's like three three players you could be number three. Uh, it could be Burks. It could be London. It could be Olave. could be goddamn Jahan Dotson. So there's, <laughs> it, it's not a – not the best wide receiver class, but it's very deep, in my opinion. Um, 19, the Eagles, again, like I said, they need to address that defense. I've been picking Trayvon Walker. He's an edge from Georgia. Uh, 20, the Chargers. I have them getting help at guard. Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. The second Texas A&M offensive lineman drafted in the first round. Or uh, second um, Texas A&M player drafted in the first round. That's what I meant to say. Um, Philadelphia again, again, address the defense. I have them taking Daxton Hill, the safety from Michigan. Um, 22, the Dolphins. This is who I think I'd have Pittsburgh taking in my next mock is Nicholas Petit-Ferrer from Ohio State. Um, Pittsburgh, like I said, Pittsburgh can survive without a quarterback next year just because the team around it is, so, Pittsburgh has a solid team around them or a solid, a solid, base team like you can plug in a random quarterback like all right just go do what do whatever you can and we're going to readdress the quarterback room next year uh that's that's kind of the vibe i'm getting from pittsburgh going into 2022 
Um, Is Ryan Fitzpatrick available? He might, yeah. Shit, he probably will be. Um, 23, New England. I've been taking Traylon Burks. They need a wide receiver. They need a top wide receiver pretty badly. Uh, 24, Arizona. I have them taking Ahmed Gardner. He probably would go higher in my, I think yeah, he's going to go higher in my next one. Cause I just like him a lot. Uh, 25, the bills. Um, I probably have them go in. I'd rather them go interior offensive linemen, I'd, but I'm going to give them a tackle. Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. I've heard a lot of good things about that guy. Uh, 26, Cincinnati, the Dean. Linebacker from Georgia, like the heart and almost the co heart and soul with Jordan Davis of so that Georgia defense. Um, twenty seven Dallas Jaquan Brisker safety out of Penn State. Uh, twenty eight Tampa Bay Drake London wide receiver out of USC. Now that Tampa kind of needs a wide receiver. Um, <laughs> all that, I, I, especially since Godwin's going to be a free agent, and I can't imagine uh, Tampa Bay would give him a lot of money. Yeah, I, there's I, just cheaper options out there. Yeah, and especially with this draft class, you got to think that whoever's number five, because th- there are five first round receivers, you got to think whoever's left at number five is probably going to be available at number thirty. Right. Um, twenty nine, Kansas City. I almost had them take uh, twenty eight. I'm sorry. Yeah, t- I almost had Kansas City take Jahan Dotson here at twenty nine, but I decided against it. I went Devin Lloyd. They kind of need to be. The defense is playing a lot better than what it was earlier in the season because it looked like the Chiefs were just going to miss the playoffs earlier in the year. But then they kind of – the defense settled in, got healthy. Uh, Then I had them taking Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Um, 30, Detroit. Again, I don't think I would have – this doesn't seem like something Dan Campbell would do, but it's just what I did. Uh, I had them taking Matt Corral. Uh, I, uh... I I like him a lot. I do too, but how's that leg? Exactly. Yeah. Listen, as an old Miss better, I was devastated. Um, <laughs> you were still in it there for a while. I was. I I turned that game off like when it was seven to nothing. I'm like, this game sucks. So I just turned it off. And there, there was never a shot Ole Miss was going to win at that point. Um, Thirty-one Tennessee Christian Harris linebacker at Alabama. And then my run of having the Packers draft wide receivers continues. Um, it'll be a cold day in hell before I mock a, something other than a receiver to Green Bay. Uh, <laughs> Jahan Dotson. So we got six receivers in the first round. Uh, yeah, One, six receivers two, in the first round. Three, four, five, six. Yes. I like it. Um, I'm always fascinated when there's like one position who dominates a draft. I do too. I I, I just always enjoy that. Um, I'm looking at my mock draft from last year just to see what happened. Yeah, la- last year was the offensive lineman dominant draft. However, last year taught me that teams will draft best player available in the first round and then draft team need in the second round. Right. That's what I kind of picked up on. My mock draft last year was busted. Because I was doing all team need stuff. Because it worked. Because right. the year before, I, I was awesome. And then I was like, oh, I got it. I got it all figured out. I know what I'm doing. And then it was just an embarrassment what took place in my mock draft last year. So I, uh, I'm i not going to trust teams 
the draft, the positions they need. I remember I, I remember my mock draft last year. I had a stretch of four straight offensive tackles, and I went 0 for Ooh. 4. I went 0 for 4 on the position, not only the players. Hmm. So it, it was – I'm hesitant to make my mock draft this year, but when it happens, I am going to try to learn from last year's disgraceful performance. I must have not saved my final mock draft because this is absolutely not my final mock draft from last year. I'm uh, excited to see. Well, you said that you thought you were going to have the Steelers take an interior offensive lineman. Is is Petit Frere supposed to be a translate to – that's a weird way to phrase that. Is he supposed to translate to guard? Uh, I, I haven't heard anything like that, but – because eh. – Also, what level of prospect is uh, Thayer? What, what do you mean? He's a first-round prospect. All right, so he'll be, he'll be in the mix. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He'll be. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's a long way until April, so who yeah. knows what'll happen? But yeah, and we, would, we don't even know who's going to run the fastest forty, so we don't even know who to mock to the Raiders yet. Yeah, he's going to be a tackle. <laughs> yeah, he's going he's going to be a tackle just because he's his biggest strength is his athleticism, and that plays very well for tackles. I'm telling you, man, next year when we're doing these mock drafts, we're going to be talking about a whole lot about Dewan Jones because I, I think he's going to be a, a huge we'll Let's see prospect. what a 2023 mock draft looks like right now. Um, I got to think that one and two in no particular order are Stroud and Young. Um, You got one of them, right? Oh, is Will Anderson in the top three? Will Anderson is mocked to be number one. Uh, you know what? Depending on the team, if they've already drafted their quarterback, which as we've learned this year, just because you draft a quarterback in the first round does not mean that you are going to escape the top five next year. No, no, uh, it absolutely we, does not. We, we are seeing some generational four- quarterback too. May I remind you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which one, Wilson or Lawrence? Because they're probably both hanging out in the top five right now. Every but, quarterback sucks. Um, yeah. If you already have your quarterback, like. The Jags are this year going to be drafting. I actually forgot to readdress that with you. I'm going to pause that discussion about Will Anderson. And uh, you said that you're going to change your draft pick from uh, Kayvon Thibodeau to an offensive tackle. Um, I haven't seen that mocked anywhere. It's always been Thibodeau. It's always been Thibodeau, but, I mean, I'm not putting a lot of blame on Trevor Lawrence for this. The Jaguars are just an absolute – mess they are so dysfunctional right now it's I, i'm not putting a lot of weight into trevor lawrence trevor lawrence's rookie season and, and you need to protect the guy and at the very minimum you got to give him protection i agree um would you go Ico whatever from north carolina state above charles i go evan neal oh i completely forgot that his his name was out there Evan Neal will be Evan Neal and Derek Stingley will be like the twenty third and twenty fourth or whatever uh, first round draft picks from that old LSU Alabama game because good lord uh, they were both starting in that game as true freshmen so good for them but yeah game. I, yeah man that was they, that was probably the most NFL-loaded college football game that I can 
ever. Call at least. <laughs> I, I would not doubt. Maybe it. maybe Alabama Clemson from 2018. Yeah, possibly. Oh, man, Justin Ross is going to the NFL. And I would, uh, I wonder An what entire kind of defensive line for Clemson got drafted. Oh my goodness! What about the uh, and then Alabama, dude? They had, the wide receivers. Oh. What about the running backs? Their three running backs were Damian Harris, Najee Harris, and Josh Jacobs. Pretty good. Uh, it, uh, it is pretty good. I would I would say. And they had Jonah Williams and Jake, uh, Alex Leatherwood and Jedrick Wills. So they had three first right. round picks on their offensive line. My goodness, dude. Tua, Judy, Ruggs, Waddle, Devonta Smith. I still I still can't get over that Devonta Smith caught the game winning touchdown against Georgia in the championship game. Yeah, and he was like eighty even, years ago. He wasn't even really that much used his no, freshman he's year. Bar- he's buried in the depth chart. He's a freshman. It, he's a true freshman. It, yeah, and I, I've actually spent a lot of time uh reviewing the old stats from those Alabama years just because I've I've been so fascinated by how the wide receiver rotation worked the their freshman year well Devonte smith freshman year it was really calvin ridley with like 60 something receptions and then everybody else was like 15 15 14 12 13 so calvin ridley was like the standalone guy and then the See, next year it was kind of a hodgepodge that was 2017 and then 2018 it was much more of a hodgepodge of those four or I guess those three, because I, I I don't think Jalen Waddle uh, even came into the mix until no 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 he would he would have been a, a freshman in eighteen so it was it was really interesting because even in nineteen Devontae Smith was the leading receiver of those big four and he, he was he was the guy that was like the third round pick mock draft guy. When Judy and Ruggs were both going to be first rounders, Devontae Smith was supposed to be a third rounder, and then Jalen Waddle was only a sophomore, so he couldn't even come out. But everyone was still talking about, oh, you got to watch out for this guy. So he, despite having the best stats, Devontae Smith, like he had to come back to college because his mock draft, uh, his uh, draft status, I should say, or draft stock, I should say, uh, right. wasn't nearly what he thought it should have been. And then his competition slash teammate in Jalen Waddle goes down off of a kickoff return in 2020. And then Devontae Smith is just torching defenses all by himself. So crazy how that all worked out. I'm looking at the stats from that 2017 Alabama team. Najee, Najee Harris and Josh Jacobs weren't even in the top three for rushing yards on that team. Bo Scarborough, was he in that? Yeah. Can you name the three? Uh, most definitely Damian and Bo. Right. Oh, man. Uh, Jalen Hurts. It is Jalen Hurts. Yeah, there we go. 15-5. That's crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this roster is stupid. Even on defense. Jalen Hurts had like 20 rushing touchdowns his, uh, his one year at Oklahoma. Uh, his numbers were actually yeah. ridiculous at Oklahoma. Oh, oh he, I think he, he had to finish second in the Heisman that year. He did. He, uh, which I was shocked because a no, lot of yeah. people in Columbus, no, like, and I, I, I guess that's just a little bit of hometown no, he bias. Third, 
No, no, no. He, he did finish second. I thought. Oh, I thought Chase Young finished second. Um, I couldn't remember who finished third and who finished fourth, but Young and Fields are both third and fourth, and I thought Columbus was going to burn to the ground because everybody agreed that Joe Burrow was the Heisman. But when Jalen Hurts finished second, I uh, I, after all the talk that I had heard all year long about how Chase Young's the best player in college football and how uh, now he. The end of his season did not go nearly as smoothly as the beginning of his season with the, the two-game suspension, which he missed two games that didn't matter, but he also could have padded his stats even further. And then kind of silent in his final three games, but uh, I, I, he still was ridiculous that year. But yeah, Jalen Hurts' numbers alone, ridiculous. This doesn't make much sense. Okay, I'm looking at the voting for that year. Jonathan Taylor finished fifth, and J.K. Dobbins finished sixth. J.K. Same Dobbins, stats. Same stats. Same exact stats, but J.K. Dobbins had more yards per average, uh, more rushing yards per or average rushing yards per rush, and 19 less carries, and finished below him. Uh, I I don't know what. I have no idea how people vote, and I've I've grown to be a major skeptic over the mm. past couple of years about the how much how much people how much time these media members spend on these ballots. I'm sure that they have a great foundation of knowledge for people in their market for players in their markets, but when it comes to voting for players outside of their area of expertise, I'm highly skeptical of just how much knowledge they have to offer. So, and how much time they actually put into it. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I don't know how this broke down. I think that your husband trophy status should be your five, should basically your five biggest games, whatever they were. Um, and I, I and possibly six if you played in a conference championship, which I guess that's an added bonus. But if you, I, I really don't care what your stats were against the Illinois, the Rutgers, the whatevers of the world, because if you run for one fifty, or if you run for two fifty, to me that's kind of the same thing. Even though two fifty is like whoa, two like that's we we don't see two hundred fifty yard rushers. But I feel like every 150-yard rusher could go for 250 if they tried. So I feel like stats in those games are kind of hollow. So I know that it's crazy. They ran for 2,003 yards and 23 touchdowns. And – oh, wait, it may not be 23. They had the same amount of – was it the same amount of carries and same amount of yards? Or was it the same amount of yards and same amount of touchdowns? Same amount of yards, same amount of touchdowns. All right, Jonathan Taylor had like like sixty more carries though, didn't he? He had like twenty more. Oh well, I, I don't know if if it were. I'd have to analyze what they did in their biggest games um, for me to have an opinion to me for me to really dive into that. Which I that's not hard, so I should do that at some point. But I, I don't know. I just in general with the Heisman voting, I, I'm always a skeptic. So I, I have no problem with you calling that to attention. Yeah, I'm looking at 2020s as well. Trevor Lawrence being second and Mac Jones being third is outrageous. They gave 
Trevor Lawrence a career achievement award by giving him second place. That's exactly one. He got 222 first place votes. Come on. Um, two, wait, 200? 222. Or I don't he know was, how it's. I don't know how it's calculated, but he was the Heisman at the time that he got COVID, and then he missed two games, one of them being the Notre Dame game. And I, I feel like that, that's that's still a career achievement award. I mean, he was really, oh, yeah. really good, but Devontae Smith had just done something that we haven't seen since I don't know. But that that's I, I gotta believe. His career achievement stuff, and even Kyle Trask, who got fourth. Like I, I know that he lost the SEC championship game to all of the people above him, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, his he he threw for like 375 yards a game, and I know that some people are gonna say, "Oh, well, he just kept throwing to Kyle Pitts the whole time," and I'm pretty sure Kyle Pitts was in the top ten. He was um, tenth. Yeah. So I. Well, I mean, Mac Jones, look at his embarrassment of riches. He had, number, he had the Heisman Trophy winner that he was throwing to, and he was given the ball to fifth place. So, yeah. I, Who the I, fuck gave Ian Book five place votes? Five? We, he did? Let's, five first place votes. Finished that's ninth. What I, that's. I'm surprised somebody who got five finished ninth. But Justin Fields got five. I, I swear. When, when I saw that, that, that is actually. Maybe what really set me off the most when I when I really dove into the skepticism of voting and and all these awards. And by the way, my skepticism is being proven correct now with the NFL because there was. Did you see that one reporter already ruled out Aaron Rodgers because he thinks he's a jerk for the MVP award? Yeah, I. This is just. This, this is. We we really have to reconsider how hey, we listen. I, I I agree with that guy in spirit. However, this isn't the MVP of life. This is the MVP <laughs> of football. What Aaron Rodgers does off the field does not matter. I agree 100%. Even with the, the vaccine stuff, I think that that doesn't <laughs> – I don't think that takes into account – or I don't think that comes into account when when valuing his MVP status. Now, he missed a game, so missing that one game – will affect his stats, but I think he's made up for those stats with yeah. incredible play. He's so I, I I know and th- man, that opening drive that he had against Minnesota, the the balls that he was was throwing to Devontae Adams were just perfect. I don't know how you stopped those two. I, I, I don't know. And Green Bay is on their hands and knees right now, praying that they both come back. Although they might franchise tag Devontae Adams. So that that might be what brings back Aaron Rodgers is by forcing Devontae Adams to come back. But these these awards don't make any sense. Yeah, The vibe I'm getting out of Aaron Rodgers, just based on him talking to the media and every time he's on Pat McAfee's show, is that he's going to be playing in Green Bay next year. That's just the vibe I get out of him. I think so, too. And I am someone who always says, like, don't read too much into this media stuff because these guys – they they know how to play the game. They they tell you what they want you to hear, and they don't tell you what they don't want you to hear. So it like they they can manufacture whatever. They can just say things and not really care. So I I am always the guy who's always like, okay, this stuff is not as big of a deal as it's it's a way bigger deal to you than it is to them. 
So right. like take that into account. But I feel like Aaron Rodgers has really gone out of his way to talk about how much he's enjoying Green Bay. Um, and I I felt like there were time there have been a lot of times where he just really feels he comes off as really exuberant about Green Bay and just having a bunch of fun. He's talking about he sounds like an old man who's been enjoying it for the last time where he's just like, I've been really soaking it in this year and just saying things like that, which it makes you think that he's either retiring this year or he's coming back because he's, uh, he's just had nothing but great things to say. And he just, he comes off like a little emotional about it too. And again, right. I, I'm always a skeptic here, but uh, he just, I feel like he's really, when he really hasn't needed to, he's praised just everything. And he's talked about how he's really enjoyed the locker room and all the guys and the camaraderie and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it, all of this, like stick up as, you know, what Aaron Rodgers that we used to know about how like he's just, he hates everybody. And the only time he's ever having fun is when he's throwing touchdowns. That doesn't appear to be the case this year. Yeah. It- I really, I, I really do hope he just finishes his career with Green Bay. I don't want to see him play for Denver. If he plays for Cleveland, I would love that. But I, again, <laughs> it would be it'd be cool to see him play his entire career in Green Bay. I want him to go out with one more Super Bowl, though. I I do too. And I, I, honestly, I, just he is the, just such just, a joy to watch. Just stick it to everybody. He uh, absolutely, so, he is so good. Like we talk about, like Tom Brady doing it at his age. Aaron Rodgers at his age, the things he the things he is doing is as good, if not better, than Tom Brady. I will always believe that he's better than Tom Brady, and I just yeah. right. It goes. It, it, it you goes just gotta to my, you just gotta watch it. He just does things right. that other quarterbacks don't. You just gotta watch. It goes to my thing that Tom Brady is the greatest football player of all, or greatest quarterback of all time. He's not mm-hmm. the best. He's not the best quarterback of all time. It's kind of how I feel. It's the same way I feel with Michael Jordan and LeBron. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. LeBron James is the best basketball player of all time. Uh, I, I think I'm fine with that. I, I think that I can. that's an opinion I can get behind. Um, with, with Aaron Rodgers, I, I feel like if you swapped careers just starting at 2007 where, where he came – well, I, I guess it would have been 2008. 2008, when he officially came to the league as a starter, because he you know, sat for That's three right, years. Yeah. Um, so 2008, actually, it's, ironically, as it would work out, I think that was the year that Brady missed because of his uh, torn ACL. So It was the year after the undefeated season, so yeah. Yeah, so 2008, if Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady just traded places, I feel like they both would have had each other's careers. I feel like Tom Brady would have been the really good quarterback who always fell a little bit short, and Aaron Rodgers would have been winning every single thing ever. So yeah, it, it's just I, it's, I just I just think that Aaron Rodgers could have achieved everything that Tom Brady did if their roles were different. Right. It's hard to compare them because they play two completely different styles of football. Aaron Rodgers is just the naturally gifted, just perfect quarterback. Like probably has, doesn't have to practice a day in his life, and he can go out there and do what he does. <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady, Tom Brady is more towards like the Peyton Manning kind of side, where not the most physically gifted, but he knows what. But he's a surgeon out there. Yeah, hey, he always knows when to check it down at the right time. Right. 
I'm watching the highlights of this LSU Alabama game from 2019. Just good when we were talking about it. You remember the punt return Jalen Waddle had? The face mask that wasn't called? Yeah. How did his face not come off? Uh, how long is the video you're watching right now? 17 minutes. Ah, uh, mine, mine's 36, but um, which is long. But you know what? It needs to be. Are, this game was. It's a, it's a good it's a good uniform matchup. Two great teams, a rivalry. What what about we, two two was fumble on the goal line? Yeah, that, it just fell out of his arms. And it, it it was so annoying. It's the the old Steph Curry treatment where when something goes wrong, it's oh man, he must really be hurt right now. When Steph yeah. Curry misses a three pointer. Oh, he must really be feeling that injury. But he's just hurt. Yeah. How about how about two? Or just, just dropped bad. the ball. Just made a bad play. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine just having like, hmm, I w- Joe Burrow? Just like, hmm, who should I pass it to? Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase right now? Exactly. Or Terrence Marshall, who just scored a touchdown while I'm watching it. That, I, I've never seen Gary Danielson so upset, except for that Terrence Marshall touch, touchdown, because when he breaks it down, like Alabama had two blown coverages or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, also, one of the weirdest plays I think, I think I've seen in a while. Yeah, the Thaddeus Moss touchdown. That was where so weird. It was at the end of the first half, and what happened was Thaddeus Moss steps out of bounds clearly and then comes back in bounds and makes the, like, Santonio Holmes catch for a touchdown or whatever. Right. And when they review it, it's like, oh, yeah, he – oh, he, here, all right, here's the – we're going to pause the video. Here's where he stepped out of bounds. Okay, now he catches it, but he stepped out of bounds. This should be a flag. And then it's like, after further review, touchdown. And everyone – like, the crowd goes wild because they're, like, so upset because it was so obvious on the scoreboard. And then they didn't readdress that and, like, confirm it. They, they talked – Gene Steratore talked about it with the officials at halftime. So you didn't get the explanation as to why it was a touchdown until the third quarter. So you had to wait sure. – 30 minutes to figure out what in the world was going on with that call. Yeah, it, that, it, it looked like Thaddeus Moss's feet were, like, controlled by God when they were showing the, like, pylon cam. Just, it was too it just perfect. Look, it just didn't look right. It just didn't look like it was a thing that should happen. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, this game is, again, it's like, hmm, Tua, who should I throw to? Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs, or Jalen Waddell? Or Devonta Smith? Yeah, oh my gosh! Or just hand the ball up to Najee Harris. Yeah, exactly. Najee Harris. It, actually, the, I thought the best player in that game was Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He was really, oh, he was really good. That was his breakout game. Ab- absolutely, and Najee Harris had a great game too. Uh, but right. I, I actually think that Clyde Edwards-Alaire was the best player on that field in the field that game. It um, is a shame that Alabama were, didn't make the playoffs this year. <laughs> yeah, and. That's just that's just how it goes. But well, it was after that where Tua's face kind of exploded as he destroyed right. his ankle on the exact same play against Mississippi State. And right. um, Jamar Chase has th- Trayvon Diggs in hell right now. This is unbelievable. Yeah, he uh, I think six Jamar catches Chase. for one forty or something yeah. like that. Jamar Chase has everyone in hell currently. You got that right. And, including um, my fantasy team because he was on my bench this week. No, I, oh, are you serious? championship game on my bench. Did you win Let's it without see. him? Uh, it's two week championship. Uh, it's 
listen, you tried juggling CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, and Jamar Chase at the same time. I have a I'll hard tell point. you how to do it. You go with the LSU boys. Fair point. Well, two of them. I also had Antonio Brown on my bench for the longest time. Well, you you won't be taking up space anymore for you. No, no, he no, he absolutely will not be. Um, <laughs> after those after those jumping awesome. jacks he did in the end zone. If that's the way Antonio Brown's career ends, that is the perfect way for Antonio Brown's career to end. Here's this the Thaddeus Moss touchdown now. Yep. It doesn't, account- it doesn't even look like he like because he caught it in bound. He didn't catch it in the end zone. Yeah, so he stepped out, came back. I, how do you rule that a touchdown? Because you can't see the ball crossing the plane. So here's what happened. Oh, it was a first down. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, it was a first down. But what happened was they the officials on the field ruled that he got pushed out of bounds so he was allowed to come back in. But right. that aspect of the play is not reviewable. They made that determination on the field. So they couldn't review whether or not he got pushed out of bounds. So they had already determined that he was allowed to come back onto the field. So when they reviewed, they were only checking to see, did he get two feet in? Okay. it's There's never going to be a correct way to set up the review system. But like things like, oh, that can't be reviewed. Why not? Why can't that be something like that be reviewed? I ha- I have I have mine. If we can if we can review targeting as a penalty, why can't we review that? And they review targeting sometimes when you least expect it. I mean, like we, the game the game just stops and you're like, right. "What's going on here?" It's like it's oh, like two years ago we were reviewing pass interferences. Yeah, and they took that away because no one was ever winning those reviews. They just no. were like, eh, you know, we were right it was a waste of time. Over. We're going to get rid of it. And then they, the Browns aren't allowed to review the end of the Packers game. Oh, brother. <laughs> um, my, my system for review is treat it like basketball. You got a 24-second shot clock to, to start your review. Everybody in the stadium can see what you're reviewing on the scoreboard. And everybody is looking at the same angles, and you have 24 seconds. You can probably look at – Three, three, four angles within a 24-second period. And if you can't see it within 24 seconds, then you know what? You just got to make the best call. So what I think – I think you got to scrap because I, I think that officials are using this as a crutch. You got to scrap the – well, the call in the field stands or you – know, well, I shouldn't say or. You, you got to scrap the call in the field stands because I think that, well, we don't really know what to do, so we're just going to go with what we called. I think that's kind of a cop-out. So I think you got you got to eliminate that part of the review. I think you got to make it to where they have to make a call one way or the other. And I think mm-hmm. that they should not have to be able to lean on the call in the field. I think that they should make each review 24 seconds long because I'm tired of seeing like five-minute reviews. It is so obnoxious. And it eats right. up so much time. I, 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 I like to watch old college football games on YouTube uh, in my free time sometimes. Haven't done it in a while, but I, I enjoy it. It's like I'm doing it right now. It's fun to go back in time and kind of just experience what games were like. Games in, the, in the mid-2000s, like the 2005, 2008 range, they, they didn't review everything. In fact, I remember there was one touchdown that just stuck out in my memory for whatever reason, one Georgia-Alabama game where Mark Ingram – 
definitely was down on the one yard line, but did one of those rolled into the end zone type things. They didn't review it. And it was awesome because the game just kept moving, even though he definitely was down, but he probably would have scored anyway. So I, I hate these ridiculously long reviews just for, in most cases, teams to score on the next play anyway. So that's obnoxious. Yeah. So you got 24 seconds, scrap whatever was called on the field, 24 seconds, everybody in the building, the the, the the clock starts as soon as, by the way, bring back the old like under the hood review where they had to like mm. go into that, like go and look at the secret camera. So bring that back, 24 second shot clock. I want, I want a buzzer in the stadium and all the screens to go black. I want the scoreboard to go black after 20 seconds, 24 seconds. And I want the booth review to go black after 24 seconds. You have to make a call off the three or four angles you saw. I don't, yeah, I can get down with that. Um, the one rule I hate that they're doing, that they're like implementing, is that refs are calling like somewhat potential fumbles. Like if a ball pokes free late, they're they're just automatically calling it a fumble and just going in and getting reviewing it. I don't like that. Oh, I actually do like that one. I, I because it, hey, the the Jacksonville Jaguars would have been playing in a Super Bowl if they did that. Because Miles Jack had a scoop and score that got taken away from him. Yeah, the thing is that should have been that should have been just called a fumble. Like it, I don't know. I found a um, a YouTube playlist that has sixteen hundred videos, and it's just called old college football games, and it's full length college football games from like the eighties. They need to bring back some of the uh, old formations. They need to bring they, they need to bring back the formation. Tea. Yeah. That they need, they need to bring back the formation where the quarterback's under center, they have the fullback directly behind him and they have the running back off to the side next to the fullback. Like if you ever played with the Seahawks in like Madden 07 with Matt mm. Strong and Sean Alexander, those formations. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Game show. <laughs> A lot of these games stink. Who the hell wants to watch Rutgers versus Louisville? Oh, that was the one with the kicker pointed at him. It's from 1984. Oh, just kidding. No, 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 no. These no, are no. all these are all games from the 80s. Oh, my mistake. Uh, Pitt. I've watched Pitt versus Georgia, but I, I don't know if I recommend it. Um, I want to. Is it like a game from like 1969? I just need something stupid. Oh, you can go back and watch Jim Brown's Syracuse teams. No, I will not. <laughs> Let's, see. Let's see what we got. I just need one good game. Come on. These, these aren't even like historic games. It's like Army versus Cincinnati. How many views does this video have? Uh, some of them have a couple thousand. Some of them have like 20. Well, you know what? That sounds about right. I, I just need, like, a disgusting game. Okay, if you want to go back and watch a really interesting college football game, USC versus <clears throat> Cal 2003. What happened that game? Uh, well, I don't, I don't want to spoil the end. You're not going to watch it. What am I even talking about? No. Um, <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers starts for Cal. Mm. It's Matt, Matt Liner, and it's – Freshman Reggie Bush and freshman Lendell White, although there was a guy above them named Herschel Dennis who got most of the reps at running back, but those two worked in. It is – I 
gained a completely new respect for because I always had a had a vendetta against this guy because he never like played in the NFL basically. Uh, Mike Williams was really really good at USC, so I I right. learned about him. It was fun. So Cal, so USC was ranked third. Cal was unranked, and they may have even been below. They may have been two and three. Might have been their record at the time, but. Uh, Aaron Rodgers started. It was his second start of the year. Uh, he was lights out the first half, 21-7 lead at halftime. Um, then USC – Matt Leiner was horrible the first half, but he lead, he really picks it up in the second half. So uh, Aaron Rodgers throws a pick six and kind of fools around a little bit, and then he gets benched for a guy named Reggie Robertson, who was the original starter. So now all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers was awesome for one half. And then all of a sudden he had the quickest leash, quickest leash ever in the second half. So uh, not a lot of scoring after the third quarter. But um, I think so, there was a like a 6-8, like, all right, maybe not 6-8, maybe 6-7 tight end, for, backup tight end for USC, who they would put in on uh, punt block or uh, kick off, what's it called, field goal block. And he blocked a field goal that would have turned out to be a really important field goal. And, uh, like, fast forward, like, nine minutes later, USC does, like, this long drive. They kick a game-time field goal, goes to overtime. Uh, first play overtime, USC runs, like, 21 yards down the four-yard line. Second play, they fumble on the goal line. And then Cal's like, sweet, so all we got to do is kick a field goal. And then that six, that six, seven tight end blocks another field goal in the second half of the first overtime. Um, just crazy, b- crazy game. Uh, Cal ends up winning, and they beat number three USC. Blah blah blah. I am currently watching the nineteen sixty nine Rose Bowl. Uh, let's see. It was Washington in that game. No. I'm not even going to try guessing the rest of the teams. Ohio State and USC. Was, oh, was what? did OJ was OJ on the team? Oh, yeah, he was. Very possible. He was very, OJ very Simpson. possible. He was a very very good running back. Good evening, His, Twitter uh, world. Yeah, George truly. It, <laughs> <laughs> I just love why. I, oh, did, did you see it, him oh, criticizing you know, Antonio juice. Brown? Yeah, when, I, when he when he tweeted unacceptable at Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who quote tweet is like, dude, you killed two people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he put out a video. Uh, a, I can't a believe sk- the Bills still have the number review. retired. Is is his bus still in Canton? His name is still in Buffalo Stadium. Like thirty two OJ Simpson retired. It's unbelievable because Will Will went to Will was just at the game. Yeah, Will was in Buff went to the Bills game and he sent me a picture. I'm like, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why did he? Uh, why did he go to that game? Is he a Bills fan? He's there with his girlfriend. I don't know if his. Go- I've, I've never met his new girlfriend, but yeah, I don't know if she's from Buffalo or whatnot. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's, taking the Buffalo Bills and the Atlanta Falcons. Well, you know what? We gained some information. Yeah. God, this, I am so glad I was not alive watching football in 1969. Is it no score bug is killing me? Yeah, man. The uh, the graphic department, not very high scale back in the day. No. I, I, uh, I like to thank John Madden for the being the graphics guy. 
Oh yeah, he he would always draw something good for you on the. Oh, the, he was an absolute wizard with the telestrator. <laughs> Absolutely, just going, just completely abusing his power with it, but in the best way. Oh yeah, what were you gonna do? Tell John Madden to stop it? <laughs> yeah. Did you see PFT commenters tweet about uh, no. Antonio Brown? He said he said that it was a touching tribute to John Madden that Antonio Brown rage quitted against <laughs> against a against an inferior opponent. Oh my goodness, this ref. That's that's funny though. This ref just gave the most unbelievable false start call I have ever <laughs> seen. Oh, I have to gotta, take a video of this. Yeah, that screen, was screen recorded. I'll take a video. Oh, I gotta watch that again. That was unbelievable. <laughs> screen recorded and tweet that out, and I'll retweet it. That's hilarious. I, I, yeah, I'll tweet it. I don't know if I can take videos while I'm in this call, but I gotta see uh, that yeah. again. Yeah, you, hey, write down the uh, the time in the video so you can go back to five forty five. Let's see. There you go. It wasn't even a false start. It was offsides on Ohio State, and they called it like a false start. And they had red flags as flags before. Oh, Bay! Oh man, he hit that. Good lord. Oh, and his t- his sign to signal the clock running was even better. I mean, he was sending them. He was sending them home on that one. <laughs> Good lord. They, uh, this is the way God intended football to be a fullback, a running back. If you pass the ball, you're going to jail. It, it, this is the way. This is football. Uh, Give me the wing exactly tee. Right. The game's lasted an hour helmets. and 20 minutes. OJ Simpson, NCAA record season. How about that? What a hero. What if, this, this man would argue. Yeah. And he, he sent out a scathing review of Antonio Brown's behavior on Twitter. That was just hilarious. I'll, I'll I'll never forget the day Andrew Luck retired, and twenty minutes before Andrew Luck retired, OJ Simpson drafted him in fantasy football, and he made like a three minute long <laughs> video, just like perplexed. Yeah, and then he's like sending in another video. He's like, "Well, guys, like I guess my season's over already." And then just like does like some corny grandpa laugh. I yeah. should not be as amused with OJ Simpson as I am. <laughs> we we it, really it, shouldn't. He's just such a delight on Twitter. Just because it's it's not even his content. It's just the fact that you know he murdered two people. <laughs> and it's because we know that we'll never have to interact with him in person. No. So we, we can just amuse – we can be amused from afar, and we don't oh, feel like God. bad people. I uh, oh, Man, the people I listen to on the radio, they are, like, appalled that people run up to him and ask for pictures whenever they see him out and about. They are, like – like, what kind of person are you to run up to him and ask him like he's some celebrity? Which he's right. kind of turned into one. He, right. I, listen, I would never. I, I don't support OJ Simpson. I actually, I, obviously, I don't. I don't think he's a good person. But I it's agree. just it's so funny that a guy like that has a Twitter account and is just active. Yeah, and like, what if like Joseph Stalin had a Twitter account? Oh my! <laughs> that that <laughs> would be unbelievable. That's obviously much more extreme than OJ Simpson, but yes. But also, who who would be a funny or not funny? But who would it be like OJ Simpson level if they just got a Twitter account tomorrow? Uh, uh mm, a celebrity who should well, hey. Oh, I, I'll I'll give you two guys, and you can tell me which one which one you you have to follow one 
You have to mm. follow one because I know that you hate both. And actually, I already know who you're going to pick because there is a sports reason why you would pick one. I was going to say Jim Brown or Bobby Knight. Mm. (laughs) I know you're uh, not a fan of either of them. I feel like Bobby Knight would be funnier. If, like, Bobby Knight was a classic back on Twitter, I feel like he'd be a lot funnier. I thought, oh, I thought you were going to say just for Brown's talk, maybe Jim Brown has some hot takes about I I feel like Jim Brown just wouldn't be active. Not like Bobby Knight would, but... (laughs) Oh, Bobby Knight would be telling stories. Jim Brown would be like, do you think Bobby Knight would stand for these players opting out of bowl games? Oh my God, he would literally <laughs> stra- he would literally strangle them. But, um, he, yeah, as he literally strangled many of his players. <laughs> but um, oh man, this triple option Ohio State's running is just divine. But yeah, um, that's right. I feel like Jim Brown would be like just your normal. Vanilla ass NFL breakdown, <laughs> Cleveland Browns breakdown. Like Nick Chubb did pretty good, had a hundred yards rushing, a touchdown, pretty good. Like it, Bobby Knight, somebody would say, "What do you think about the transfer portal?" And then Bobby Knight would just <laughs> go off. Yeah, that's exactly right. He'd say, "You think these kids are committed?" Oh, he, he would. He would have a bunch of just back in my day type of takes. Oh, and I, God. I know how you feel about old people and their uh, opinions. Who would, what would make the worst radio show, sports radio show of all time? The combination. Um, this is. I'm, I, I'm thinking like really somebody. Bad, I have a really bad knee jerk reaction. Oh. Um. Okay, the reason that he would be bad is because people hate Skip Bayless and how he just like fools around with his opinions. Right. So I initially thought of Scottie Pippen because he changes his opinions every single yeah, day. Yeah, LeBron's been the best <laughs> basketball player twenty different times. Yeah, and uh, it was it was no no put that camera on me. I would never start any basketball team without Michael Jordan. And then there's an article out. Well, you know what? Will Chamberlain was pretty good. Did you see his stats? Never. Yeah. You know, people yeah, people pretty. don't really talk about him enough. Just I feel like people would get really tired of Scottie Pippen changing his opinions every day. But there could also be some sort of like fascination in that. It's like, how does how is Scottie Pippen gonna wake up feeling today? So I, that could go either way. I feel like, Ooh, I I feel like fans one. could be really annoyed, or that could just be a total like a meme. It's just that that's his thing. Is that he fools are like he has, and he's like he's seriously convinced of this stuff. I don't think like he even realizes how, how much he changes his mind. <laughs> but Scottie Pippen was for whatever reason the first. Uh, oh, I, here's why he was the first name that came into my head. Because when you said podcast or radio show, I always thought that if Morgan Freeman and Scottie Pippen did a radio show, that would be like the most pleasing vocals to ever combine uh, for some sort of radio show. Because those two are no, I got a good one. excellent voices. Go for it. If we're going for pleasing voices, uh, when because I, I watched the Manning cast of Monday Night Football just because the Browns were eliminated, and I'm like, oh, the Manning cast is a bazillion times better. So let me listen. To, let me watch it on that. And Bill Cowher has the most soothing voice I think I've ever heard. And of course, he uh, was doing his show from Ohio because every single coach oh, is yeah. from the state of Ohio. Sure is. He was rumored to be the Browns coach like a hundred times after he retired. Yeah. I, oh, are you? Are you kidding me? He and Peyton Manning could have had the what if Brown's entire show. Oh yeah. Because 
It was going to be Bill Cowher's the head coach and Peyton Manning's the GM. Peyton Manning's president of football <laughs> operations. Exactly. So that was No, but be... I say Bill Cowher because if you put Bill Cowher and Tony Dungy in the same room, that would be the most pleasing football conversation ever. Their voices are – like, I was, I was re-watching the highlights of Notre Dame versus Clemson, uh, the first game of 2020. Oh. And it was Tony Dungy and uh, Tariko doing it. I'm like, I was listening. I'm like, Tony Dungy is just an absolute delightful human, delightful voice. He knows what he's talking about. This is a delight. And I remember, like, he was always, like, famously known for not being tough enough on his players just because he's so soft-spoken. Yeah, he – well, he's a soft-spoken broadcaster. He's a, he's a friendly guy. And, I mean, he won a Super Bowl, so I think he's fine. But yeah. – and John Gruden also won a Super Bowl with Tony mm. Dungy's entire team and scheme. So, uh, if you, you can, some people would like to argue out there that Tony Dungy basically won two Super Bowls. Like it was uh, who, who's that guy in the U Part Two? Uh, was it like, gosh, was it Larry Coker who basically won? Um, yeah, Butch won Jones. W- w- not Butch. Butch Davis. It was like Larry Coker basically won Butch Davis's second championship or whatever. Or yeah, maybe Cleveland his first. Brown. Left to go coach the Cleveland Browns. Took him to the playoffs. Yeah, you better believe it. He uh, Wait, he took it to the playoffs? Oh, was that yeah, the, the year uh, the Kelly they uh, blew that big lead to Pittsburgh? Yeah. Oh, my that. God, this holding call by this ref. He's really getting into it? The point was unbelievable. I got to – oh, God. this guy rocks. You got you to make a highlight video of this guy. I do, this dude, I want to vote this dude president. Uh, we we got to dig him up. Figure, well, I meant you dig know, up his yeah, information. Literally dig him up. <laughs> I, I, I meant dig up his information, and then I realized, well, we probably would have to I mean, dig him up. 52 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is, 53, actually, now. I've watched the, uh, the Sugar Bowl from 1982. It was uh, – Pitt in Georgia, it was Dan Marino and Herschel Walker. I really mm. hated how Dan Marino's drop back was a straight back pedal, and it wasn't like a, a sideways like karaoke. No, that's what they used to do. Because Bernie Kosar used to do the same exact thing. Nuts. Bernie Kosar used to do the not look exact like football. thing. I think that's no, just the way football is taught. Which I'm shocked that they found a better way to do it than just straight back. It probably took one quarterback to just fall straight on his back for everyone to be like, okay, we're not doing this anymore. Hey, you guys want to stop looking ridiculous? Here's how we can drop back. <laughs> well, there's also that. Yeah, because it looked absolutely atrocious. There's also, like, we want to be respected and we look like fools, so let's not do this. Yeah. Let's not look like middle schoolers. That also God. comes into play. Two, 1980 Cotton Bowl. I like I like the quarterback for Houston. He's wearing a uh, cowboy hat in oh, his picture. I, I just found uh, I found the lead star of my most annoying radio show ever, and his name is Ray Lewis. Mm. I uh, I I know that I've discussed this, but it's been a while. Uh, the the Ray Lewis religious train that he likes to. You know, chug around from media spot to media spot drives me nuts because uh, no one cares, dude. Yeah, because he 
was in the car, back of a limousine. He also murdered his, a guy. <laughs> that's that's where I'm going with this. He and two of his buddies uh, were in the back of a limousine, and there was one other guy with, who was a dead corpse, and <laughs> his two buddies went to court, and both of them got acquitted for the murder. So that leaves one person in the back of the limousine. And let's just say something went wrong with the trials and one of those other buddies did it. Well, Ray hmm. Lewis is still back there and he still knows what happened. And somehow, oh, just uh, for some reason, that information just hasn't gotten out yet. But he still wants to go around and tell everybody what's what and here's how you right. be a good human being. Uh, you know something who, doesn't add up there. In addition you know to that, also- uh, I hated that he played for the Ravens because they were the biggest competition to the Steelers. But also, I think that he is a total fraud. Was he their first draft pick? Because he never he played the Browns. I, he may have been, yeah, nineteen ninety-six. Yeah, that would have been the first. That, eh? About no, when did the, the Browns leave in ninety-four or ninety-five? Uh, I want to say ninety-five, but I can't swear to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was ninety-five. Oh, it was either him or Ogden. One of those two was the first. Yeah, you know, I think he was their second because that name rung a lot of bells when you said it. Jonathan Ogden? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say something. Oh, my worst radio radio show pairing ever. Just because these two personalities do not fit at all is Skip Bayless and Mike Francesca. Um, dude, Mike Francesa would not tolerate any of Skip shenanigans. Skip, Skip and Shannon, they got their goofy little thing going. Mike Francesa is so no-nonsense. He would never, ever play, play his games of just fooling around just to be funny or just for ratings or whatever. Like, he, he means business whenever he's talking sports, which, I mean, you could argue that's just talking sports for a living in general Don't is just like dare goofing around. Come up to the plate talking Stan Lee in front of the Pope. Oh, are, are oh, you good kidding? lord! No, yeah, strike cares? you out looking. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness, that 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 was an all time. That was hilarious. And Stan I, Lee also, created Spider Man. Oh, who cares? Yeah, exactly. Um, one more thing I do want to add about Ray Lewis, because I actually think that he's <laughs> horrible at speaking. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming back to it. Um, oh, his Hall of I Fame think, speech was deplorable. It, he is the ultimate, and you know who I hate now, because he does the exact same thing. It's almost like he went to the Ray Lewis School of Broadcasting as Emmanuel Acho. The, oh the, both God. of those guys, they pause at certain points of their sentences to try, they, they really put some theatrical sense into trying to make whatever they say sound like the most important thing you've ever heard. And it is exhausting to listen to. Yeah. Him, uh, Brandon Marshall stinks too. Um, I found another, uh, YouTube playlist that's 1800 videos and it's great college football games. And it's a lot more recent. So there are, and there's some nineties and eighties mixed in here. 19, hey, that's fine. That's fine. I kind of want to watch this '98 Rose Bowl between Washington State and Michigan because that's that's the year Michigan was co-champion. I kind of want to break them down and determine my winner because for a long I mean, time I joked that Michigan's only won half a national championship. That'd but, be a great article for Lions, actually. That would. Maybe in the off season because we were discussing the off season today, and it's like fuck, man. 
I have to give picks for college basketball in the NBA every day now. This sucks. Well, hey, because I, I, not I'm, a, I I'm, I'm sports, six and two in I, college basketball betting this year. I got four I, plays I tonight bet on Bethune Cookman and FIU today, and I lost. For what you, which, which side were you on? I was on FIU heavy. Minus 16, oh. Bethune-Cookman, when it was up oh, by like you, 20 uh, and a half. 60, uh, you're laying 16, are you kidding me? It was a 1 p.m. game, and I was like, yeah, I'm at work right now. I'll put on a basketball game and bet on it. Since oh, I, I won have... big on Ben Roethlisberger's passing attempts prop. Oh, well, you hit the over in like a quarter and a half. This I had out that. There and he put together put eight, like eight 47 sizable. attempts. I put a sizable bet on his passing attempts prop. It was only at like 33 and a half. I put a – because I woke up that morning. I'm like, this is going to be the Ben Roethlisberger show tonight. And it, it, it didn't for a while. It didn't towards the end. It kind of got a little hairy. But um, it's going to be like Kobe's last game. Like Ben Roethlisberger is going to be drawing up plays in the dirt for this one. Well, if only he completed any of those passes because his yards per attempt was below three. And that was horrendous. That's that's my OPS of quarterbacks is yards per attempt. Yeah. And well, I well I guess technically it's the slugging percentage of right. uh, quarterbacks that were being technical about it, but it, it is that is like filthy, unwatchable football is what <laughs> he put together. Like if, what was he at, like, 2.7? That's kind of bad. Yeah, no, he seriously was. That that had to have been – where does that rank in the all-time worst quarterback matchups of all time, Big Ben and Baker? It's got to be um, at least the top 20. Whew, um, if, we, if we take out, like, a certain – if we break it down, if we were really doing the math on this, and we broke it down to where – Passing in all in or, uh, the NFL started to rise. If we broke it down like that, there's gotta be. Well, how about just Ian Book versus Tua? I think Ian Book was bad enough for the both of them. Ian Book. His, oh, oh yeah, last year for the Saints. The Rose Bowl in Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was Mac Jones, but. The Rose Bowl. This year's Rose Bowl. Oh, my goodness. Oh, C.J. Stroud versus Cam Rising. The best of ever. The best matchup ever. That game. Ohio State not covering is atrocious. Oh, yeah. Oh, we haven't even talked about college football. We can. Oh, my goodness. We had some. uh, We had some. I had a brutal. Wild situations. Oh, the, the Michigan State with the cover of the century. Guess who had that? Oh my, I, I have a feeling it was you. The fuck out in my in my uh, in my living room. I I, I was like nothing running left. down the field with them. I'm like, dude, you better score. <laughs> oh, I was fully expecting him to take a knee, and then he did not. And I was like, I, I didn't even realize that at the time. I was just like, oh well, I guess this guy just saw an open lane, and he probably just yeah. was like, you know what? It's a bowl game. I want to score, but um, there were a lot of people cheering with him. I learned. Oh yeah, God, I, that may have been my best best win ever. Like opposite a bad beat. I, I, I can't even blame you if it was. That was ridiculous, and I feel so bad for the the quarterback 
because he was playing well up to that point and then completely this is a third stringer too yeah because the other guy uh like had a dislocated shoulder or whatever on the touch on on his touchdown he had a touchdown running he dislocated his shoulder reaching for the pylon and there were a bunch of people who saw him on the sideline not knowing what kenny pickett looked like and hmm. was like wait oh wait wait kenny pickett's in a shoulder sling what's going on and then no, it was the backup quarterback. Kenny Pickett did not play. Unlike Matt Corral, who now is poor guy. Yeah, who knows? But that happened. We uh, we obviously. Well, I guess we'll start here. Um, and we've been going for a while, so we don't have to go too deep right. into into the weeds on this one. But um, Alabama did handle Cincinnati. But I'll, I will say this: I, I have very little good to say about Cincinnati. But I am going to honestly say. Their secondary really, really impressed me. Um, Bryce Young, who I typically refer to as the improvisational master. Um, first of all, he was bad because he looked scared. I don't know what it was, but he he looked like he had total happy feet, just like dancing around, like looking over his shoulder. He looked terrified for whatever reason when he's usually Mr. Calm, Cool, and Collected and always finds a way. But when he was scrambling, man, he his guys weren't open. And he was scrambling and then running the ball and throwing it away a little bit. But right. he he was not able to run out of the pocket and extend the plays uh, down the field because his guys weren't open. So I will say that Cincinnati's secondary, I, I found to be legit because yeah, his, rec- his receivers were not breaking open down the field. Yeah, it, I know the the – the the average college football fan only knows about Ahmad Gardner and Kobe Bryant for Cincinnati, like only for about like two weeks now, or when Cincinnati reached the playoff, just because just because I'm the average college football fan's not watching Cincinnati like I'm watching Cincinnati. But like, and I know college, it's it's hard to like because you know there's always going to be somebody better in the NFL. Like, you may have been better in college, but somebody's going to be better in the NFL. And that's probably where people are thinking, like, oh, man, I I don't think these Cincinnati corners are going to do much against Alabama. That's a fair take. But, like, no, these two guys, they were the real deal. They are NFL players. I I totally agree after what and, I saw. Um, but and the, the, that the, game, what, what you said, though, applied it basically everywhere else about, right. like, they don't have the guys. Oh yeah, but no, secondary right. wise, but, awesome. Right. Even, even I that game went about as went about the way I expected it to go. I still bet Cincinnati because I got them at plus fourteen and a half straight up. I didn't have to buy a point or or two, so I took them there. I'm like, Cincinnati's good. Like people don't. Cincinnati is good. It's just the talent advantage took over, and. It went about the way I thought it would. Cincinnati would accidentally score, go on a couple long drives. I know they both ended in field goals, but and they're and I'm like, if they go on those long drives, they're going to find the end zone one or two times. And their defense played as good as you can ask that defense to play. Yeah, absolutely. And I know the score. Yeah, the, the score wasn't the score did not dictate how how strong Cincinnati looked. Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I agree. I thought that, I, and I didn't like this because I was I felt like I was forced to give credit to a team that I really didn't want to give credit to because I I thought Cincinnati fans were being unrealistic all season about what kind of ceiling their team had. 
So I was hoping right. to watch them crash and burn just to spite them. But I was finding myself in the third quarter like they're not like they're not out of this game. No, it, it it feels like it's an even fight. It's just Alabama's finishing their drives and Cincinnati's not, and that's why you see what you saw on the scoreboard. Now, uh, Cincinnati's offensive line had no shot, which is why no. No. Cincinnati was not finishing their drives. No, that was a tough um, ask. That yeah, that, uh, Will Anderson had about seven half sacks because he was meeting his friends in the backfield. Um, apparently, there was some like third stringer who started the year named Dallas Turner who had like two and a half sacks, number fifteen. If you were, mm-hmm. if you remember, yeah, he, uh, he looked quite good. There was also uh, defensively for Cincinnati, I felt that they should have switched their game plan i understand why they started this way they started their game plan with basically having five defensive backs on the field and three defensive linemen right Uh, that's and that allowed alabama to just run up the middle every single play and they did every single play and they did and they made it all the way down the field and would score touchdowns out of that right so it's definitely not alabama's style to play the ground and pound although they're fully capable of it it it's just that that, yeah it's just that they have so many weapons on the perimeter now that they they would feel right. silly doing that. So they don't need to, but they obviously showed us that they're fully that they're fully capable of doing that, and they kind of just pushed Cincinnati around. But like I said, I thought Bryce Young looked incredibly uncomfortable, and I have no idea why. But he looked like he didn't trust his own pocket. So I thought that Cincinnati, especially the way their secondary was playing. I thought that they should have been more aggressive towards the run instead of just allowing Alabama, especially when you're losing, to let them eat up that much clock in the process. I thought that Cincinnati in the second half definitely should have done a better job at playing against the run and trusting their secondary. I thought they had reason exactly. to. I'm not, say, I'm not saying it would have worked because, again, you're going up against Alabama, but you you already saw that what the plan that you had was failing. And I'm, I'm a fan – I've become a huge fan of this lately, of playing desperate. And you you got to be able to judge also heading into a game when you're up against it. I know that every team right. ever, every coach and every team believes in themselves. But right. you got to have, as a coach, you got to be able to read your opponent and say, okay, this team, like we have, we have to play desperate earlier on in the game against this team than we would anybody else. So mm-hmm. I thought that they totally should have, then so I'm not even saying sell out for the run, but be more so more favoring towards the run and force Bryce Young, who looked uncomfortable, to tear apart your secondary, who was sticking with their fast receivers. So I, I uh-huh. think their, their defense really could have done a better job. I'm not saying it would have won. I'm just saying I would have liked to see them at least try because what they did wasn't working. And shocker, Alabama just has bigger guys who are running you over. Right. It, that- that was my thing. I was going to mention that. I was like, I wasn't all that impressed with Bryce Young either. I know he wasn't asked to do a whole ton, but at some point, Cincinnati needed to say, like, okay, enough's enough. Everybody but Sauce Gardner and Ahmed Gardner, or uh, Sauce Gardner and uh, Kobe Bryant, get in the box. If they beat the be- two best corners in college football, so be it. But we are not going to let them run the ball on us. I don't understand. It's a- they eventually ca- They eventually did that, but... I don't understand what took so long. Yeah, and then we had Georgia taking down Michigan, and Ohio State fans were very quick to uh, respond on Twitter 
talking about how Michigan fans celebrate like they just won the Super Bowl after one year beating Ohio State. And th- that's my response. I'm like, hold on. They absolutely should. I'm like, you guys got to wait till next year before you start talking trash. Like, right. this exactly. is – they, they beat Ohio State, so this is their – even though they got embarrassed by Georgia, which, by the way, I don't know how Ohio State fans are celebrating this as much. I understand that they beat Michigan. but Not at all. The the old now this is a different Ohio State rivalry that's taking place because you have an SEC versus the SEC national championship that is about the worst consolation prize for Michigan getting eliminated that Ohio State fans could possibly concoct. I so, honestly like I honestly I'm curious like who the hell cares if it's an all SEC championship game? What who cares? It doesn't I, I, mean anything. The two best teams in college football are playing. Yeah, and um, I, I, I'm 100% these are, are the two best teams. I don't think this is some fluke. Without a doubt at this point. And I, I feel like after the SEC championship, we should have seen this coming, uh, although there were a lot of people who really had faith in Michigan. Um, just they, don't, they, they didn't have the athletes that Georgia did, and no. now we have Alabama versus Georgia, and Ohio State is – is clapping back at Michigan, and I just I, – I didn't get it, but, I mean, I, I understand that this city loves to see Michigan lose. Totally get it. But uh, there was yeah, there, it, was a lot, there was a lot of fan interaction on Twitter, and I was like, hold on, one fan base shouldn't be talking trash because they just got embarrassed, and the other fan base shouldn't be talking trash because that fan base embarrassed them. So I, it, was, it was just all didn't make sense. But, yeah, Michigan looked totally outmanned. Listen, I was talking trash, but I was talking trash the way I talk trash, which is it's never serious. It's 100% satirical. Oh, so, I, I, believe me. I saw, I saw the, the Quinn Ewers memes that you were posting at halftime of the of the Rose Bowl. I, 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 know I your posted style. after the first drive, to be fair. <laughs> People didn't get that I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hey, you're on the they like five DMs. Just... Like, are you stupid? <laughs> I said yes, but I also know Quinn Ewers is in Texas. Yeah, exactly. They, and he's uh, going to whoop yeah, up so on Caleb Williams-less Oklahoma now. Oh, my gosh, dude. If he goes to USC. If he goes to Georgia, that's interesting. That's the rumor. Oh, is that is that a rumor? That's the rumor that he it's, he's heavily favoring Georgia. I But they got that five Brock Vandergriff on the bench, so I was curious how that's going to work. Yeah, well, I'll tell obviously you'd rather you would take Caleb Williams 100. Yeah, you take but... Caleb Williams. What they'll do? <laughs> yeah, but that's a fair point. This was this was my initial fear with all of this transfer stuff. However, oh, I, I I I quickly realized that this probably wasn't going to happen until you just said that. My fear was that a bunch of good players would all transfer to the same school to because they wanted to win a championship and they couldn't do it at their own school. Not really going that way. Yeah, it's. It's also it's going more the oh, way. Of, well, I, I'll tell you what, what it's, what's happening is everybody is going to wherever their freshman year coach is going. Everybody's That's true. trying to find their freshman coach. Such uh, a rattler. Yeah, uh, Bo Nix goes to Oregon to meet up with his freshman offensive coordinator. Spencer Rattler goes to South Carolina, I think, for the same reason. Yeah. So th- that appears to be a bit of a thing. Is that um, the the offense the, the coordinators and the position coaches well, that coached you your freshman year the, the people who recruited you to that school those are the people that are really the the connections that 
basically the coaches that you went to your school for, if they switch schools, that that's where everyone's going. Right. Uh, Spencer Rattler actually, I think the main reason he started looking at South Carolina was because a tight end from his class, who's pretty good, Austin Stogner, uh, transferred to South Carolina, and he kind of go like, "Hey, uh, Beamer's here too, so we, we can get the band back together." And that's what they did. There we go. But I, uh, I, I really didn't think. I, I, well, I initially thought that this was going to be like the super teams of college football, where a bunch of people are, are teaming up to win championships, and not the case. Right. It, but um, it, this rumor made maybe the first sign of that. Of at least being a possibility, right? I'm look. I mean, I'm looking at the transfer portal right now, and if you look in the top ten, yeah, a lot of these guys are going to big time schools, but for the most part, nobody's really like all gathering up at one at one place. I, Alabama got two of the five best transfers in the portal, which sucks. But um, <laughs> I mean, Quinn Ewers went to Texas. Eli Ricks went to Alabama. Uh, this tackle from Oregon, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's something Kingsley uh, Sui Matia or whatever, something like that. He transferred to BYU. Jameer Gibbs, I was talking about him. He's like an Alvin Kamara kind of guy with Alabama. Zach Evans is 100% to Ole Miss is the projection. Um, oh, the running back from TCU? Yeah, that's actually who I predicted he would go to. Uh, Mario Williams has entered the portal. That's it. forgot about that. Um, who is that from Oklahoma? Uh, star, star re- freshman receiver from Oklahoma. Huh. Um, there's an edge rusher from Alcorn or uh, Albany, Jared Verse. He's 100% of Florida State. There's Brandon Joseph from Northwestern, who not o- Ohio State just got this Oklahoma State transfer. So that guy was obviously following Jim Knowles. But uh, this is, I think this guy's going to transfer to Notre Dame now, Brandon Joseph. He's a monster. Well, I'll tell you this. After the way I watched my secondary play against Oklahoma State, uh, I would gladly take any reinforcements we can take. Yeah, Marcus uh, Freeman I, on the hot seat yet or what? Let's go. Yeah, uh, well, my my You were one, hired in 2021 and we still don't have a win? It's 2022, baby. I, uh-huh. I have <laughs> only one defense Uh-oh. of that game. Uh-oh. Only, only one. I think we treated that game as Jack Cohn's final game of his entire life because Oklahoma State. Like Aaron Rodgers out there. Uh, well, in the first half, but in the second half, Oklahoma State was sending the house, and he can't move. And we have two guys no. beneath him who are very mobile, and they didn't see. They didn't take a single snap. So my one possible reason in my head that I could possibly minimize that loss is that we weren't coaching that game at a normal level because we we were you know it's a it's not a playoff game so it's not the biggest game in the world I I think that we kind of did Jack Cone a favor by leaving him on the field which yeah I think we were trying not to embarrass because it's his last season his second half of the season was really good. He was our quarterback. He yeah, finally he found it. his footing. Yeah. So, um, and well, in a way, he deserved he, he deserved that too because the first 
That was the first half of the season. Well, you know what? I haven't forgotten the first half of the year where he was uh, a completely mixed bag. A liability. Yeah. uh, The way that we were getting pressured and his inability to uh, escape that pressure and the fact that our mobile backups never saw the field for a single snap, I think that we were just doing Jack Cohn a favor. But uh, plenty went wrong in that game. But I have heard a lot of – about this Brandon Joseph guy, I, I have a couple friends who were really hoping to come to uh, come to Ohio State, but after the Oklahoma State transfer, obviously they're kind of now their biggest priority is making sure that he doesn't go to a Big Ten school, and if he goes to Notre Dame, uh, that'd be plenty fine by me. Now the the one thing there is obviously Northwestern to Notre Dame. That's just a natural connection, just because they're so geographically close to each other. But um, he did grow up in uh, uh, College Station, so he could Texas A&M could be, and with the program that Texas A&M is building right now. Yeah, with all that money that Jimbo Fisher is handing out, um, <laughs> I I don't know, but I would gladly take him. However, I would not be if you said he went to Texas A&M. Can't say I'd be shocked because they are getting seemingly everybody they want right now. So they oh, yeah. clearly have something going down there. So that would not completely baffle me. But yeah, man, I, I uh, Kyle Hamilton's going to the NFL, and our secondary looked Ooh, absolutely baby. awful in our bowl game. So I am definitely viewing the secondary as a priority. So I would. I really want this guy. And hey, Marcus Freeman is doing a great, great, great job recruiting right now. So oh, yeah. if he can, re- if he can recruit the transfer portal as well as he's recruiting high schoolers, then uh, I think we got a good shot at this guy. I don't know, man. And uh, lost Sonny Styles. Sonny Styles. Yeah, that I was. I was really shocked about that one because that that was like the one guy who everyone thought was coming our way. Right. And now I just keep thinking in the back of my head. Man, if Marcus Freeman were the head coach, if he didn't commit so soon, well, obviously he committed with the intent of reclassifying. Now we know. But if uh, if he left his commitment open a little bit longer, I, I, I just think that Brian Kelly somehow did something goofy that Marcus Freeman could have could have possibly resurrected. Because uh-huh. we had one guy, and Ohio State actually just picked up a lineman out of Wisconsin. But we also yeah, that was big. We we picked up a four star lineman our own out of Wisconsin, and they actually interviewed him, and it was like, hey, like we thought you were going to Wisconsin, but Notre Dame made this late push. What happened? And he literally said, the last coach seemed a little bit weird, but I really like this new guy. Like I, this <laughs> most the most like face palm thing I've ever read. Not that he's wrong, but just Giddy. thinking about the what ifs about like guys that we were so close to getting, but couldn't get. And now, now I'm just yeah. thinking about Sonny Styles. If, if he didn't commit so soon, if he left his commitment open for another year, then Marcus Freeman could have made that push because he's apparently known as like right. a guy who's building great connections. And he's just a real personable guy that people are attracted to. And uh, they're recruiting I, Ohio pretty well. It, well, they, they, they recruited the city of Columbus really well lately with their new linebacker coach. They got a guy out of Cleveland, men or Ohio. I know oh, got, Brennan Vernon? Yeah, they got him. Yes, he sir. He was supposed I, to be like a lock for Ohio State, too. He was so an early what, commitment for Notre Dame. Like, one of the yeah. first in his class. Well, yeah, he's Notre Dame is dominating 2023 right now. They have the number one class as of now. 
But the problem not do- dominating is, is not the word because George is right behind them. But and and we also and this, but this Tech is not Tech is seventh, so you know take that uh, for what it is. Well, our recruits are really good, but yeah, they I will are. say yeah, this: seven four stars and one five star. I will I will say this: oh, about it, USC, holy Christ! <laughs> oh, they sorry. have four commits already in twenty twenty three. Three of them are five stars. Oh, yep, that's uh, the Lincoln Riley effect. Also, so, the West. Yep, the. Oh, yeah, they're uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Fucking wagon. Uh, Ohio State is very, very lucky that USC got Lincoln Riley two years later than they did, or two, or uh, that they didn't get Lincoln Riley two years earlier than they did because I don't think, I don't think CJ Stroud would have left the way Lincoln Riley is recruiting. No, right now. oh no, no. I, I I think that. Maybe they would if, got he, if he were down there, could have gotten him. But I I do think that Notre Dame gets a lot of early recruits, so we're all, we're always one or two really early on because our guys commit. I, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, Notre Dame's Notre Dame commits are always really early, and then everyone else eventually catches. Alabama's and Georgia, those are like signing day schools, where right. and, and apparently A and M because they. They clean house with the, on signing day, but N- Notre Dame's commits all pretty much come in pretty early. So we're not we're not the type of school where a bunch of you know all American bowl games where people are committing to us on with the hats and stuff. That's just, for whatever reason we're just always one of the early schools. But we have a couple guys right now who uh, I think are giving us a real look. One guy, and you you and I are going to be paying attention to him. He's a He's an IMG Academy guy, Carnell Tate. He's a wide receiver. He's very highly ranked. He's in the top 20. And by all accounts, it's between Notre Dame and Ohio State. And I, uh, he seems very excited on Twitter about the Marcus Freeman hire. So I'm thinking that maybe that, that he liked our hire, maybe he can come here. And uh, Lord knows that the one thing that we haven't had is perimeter athletes because that's been our that, that's why we always lose these games is because our athletes on the perimeter just can't compete with the Alabamas. I mean, my goodness, that rose that that Dallas Rose Bowl last year, like our, our receivers had no separation against like Patrick Sertain. Like, I, I mean, we just we, we just have never had the athletes on the outside. We've always been really good with tight ends and offensive linemen, and our front seven's always been good, but we. We've always been like the slow team that hasn't been able to compete with that, you know, quote unquote SEC speed. And uh, but hopefully we can start pulling together some uh, some real wide receiver threats. Right. I'm, I'm looking at this Carnell tape right now. It says it's fifty fifty Ohio State Notre Dame. Uh, it was it was once one hundred percent Ohio State. So I guess we're making a late. Push, yeah, but it looks but it, like it looks like Notre Dame's recruiting him hard though. I hope so. We just got a got a new linebackers coach named James Laurinaitis. James Laurinaitis. I'm, I'm very Rest in peace, about Bishop it. and Laurinaitis. Yeah, no, I always used to listen to them only after Ohio State losses right. because J- James Laurinaitis, his breakdown of everything Ohio State did wrong was always like so awesome. Yeah. Like for football nerds who like really like to dive into the X's and O's, like it was just the greatest thing ever. Yeah, I, I used to listen to them all the time when I was in when I was living in Columbus. Man, they're great. All right, we'll uh, we'll wrap this up uh, talking about the Ohio State Rose Bowl. Here, here, um, here's go ahead. Actually, here's what we'll be 
Georgia minus three over Alabama championship game. What are we thinking? Oh, man. Uh, it's tough to beat a team twice. Um, yeah, I was going to say, like, I, that's I my said first it. thought. When Georgia, like, without a shadow of a doubt, is going to win, like, starting the second quarter against Michigan, I was like, I, whatever the line is, give me Georgia, because I, I don't think they're going to lose again. I've watched a lot of NFL football, and there were a lot of times where I'm like, oh, this team, this divisional opponent crushed them last time, so it's definitely going to happen again. And uh, unless it's Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, it typically goes the other way. So it's just ex- expect the unexpected because these two teams, I, I, it's, first of all, it, it is not going to be an Alabama blowout again. I, I think it's actually more advantageous for Georgia because I don't know what Alabama can – well, I'm sure that they know. They're probably doing a bunch of film study and stuff. But Maybe. I feel like Georgia has way more to gain from watching the film of their last game because they did a lot wrong that they can fix, and Alabama did a lot right. So I feel like Georgia has more to gain because they can catch up and level the playing field. So I, I – it, I, I was about to say it's almost advantageous to lose, but that that felt like a weird way of saying it. So I'm not going to say that, but there also is a slight element of truth in that. So right. I, I definitely believe that these two teams are way closer in ability than they showed than Georgia showed in particular in the SEC championship game. So I man, I, I really don't want Georgia to be favored because I would if Georgia were plus oh, three. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude! All oh, over easy. that. The easiest um, money I think ever. I, I, you know, I, I might just do it. I might just go Georgia minus three, but also at the same time, J- Kirby Smart can he, he just always crumbles against Alabama one way or another, mm-hmm. and we we've seen it in so many different fashions. We saw it with the Devonte Smith catch. We small we saw it with the Justin Fields fake punt. Oh like, God. It just, one way or another, just inventing ways to just fall fall short in the big moment. Right. Um, so it's just it, it's almost uncomfortable picking Georgia minus three, but I'm, I, you know what? I'll just I don't think Bama can do it twice, and if they do, you know what? Good on them, and I probably should have seen it coming, but I'm I'm doing Georgia minus three. I think that they were are way better than they showed in the SEC championship game. Yeah, it's and I. I some people have already been talking like they're like, oh, Georgia just dominated Michigan. And Alabama, they, they struggle with Cincinnati, so that might play into it. But that's what th- everybody did after Georgia's struggle with Alabama. They were all like, oh, well, Georgia's clearly a fraud. Like These people just watch one game. Exactly. You know what? These people vote for the Heisman Trophy. Exactly. But um, I, I, I always said I thought Mich- Georgia had a better chance that Georgia just whooped Michigan – was much more likely than Alabama just whooping Cincinnati. Just because it's it was such a matchup nightmare for Michigan. It just really was. Like, I know Michigan's defense – it was a matchup nightmare because of Georgia's defense. But it could have been considered a matchup nightmare because Michigan's defense was top five in the country in almost everything. And they had the two best edge rushers in, the, in college football. Or two of the best edge rushers in college football. So – I always thought that just, but just Georgia is just better than Michigan. Like, it, that's as simple as simple as I can put it. They are just better. They recruit. Mm. But I, I know I don't like crowning teams off recruiting rankings, 
but they do matter, and the recruiting rankings show that Georgia is just better. Oh, no doubt. And um, I, I'm really not trying to put a ton of stock in this, but if uh, Jim Harbaugh goes to the Raiders, you are going to see a roster genocide with this transfer rule, getting one free transfer now. You are right. going to see recruits fall off like you wouldn't believe, and you are also going to see uh, transfers left and right, as we've seen right. with Oklahoma. Oklahoma's still a big-name program, even though Lincoln Riley's not there. It's not like Lincoln Riley created Oklahoma. They have a lot of history, and they have been awesome lately, and they still have really struggled with the, the uh, departure of Lincoln Riley, so... That is one more thing that could go absolutely wrong. Um, it, somebody tried again, telling me. Yeah. Somebody tried telling me um, the day after Lincoln Riley went to USC, they were telling me like, "Oh, Lincoln Riley wasn't all that great." He, it, it, I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Well, Oklahoma was just good. It's just or um, it was Bob Stoops. I, what was the, it was something." to the point where Oklahoma had down years in, like, the 2010s. Um, and it was like, dude, they won 11 games, like, 90% of the years. What are you talking yeah, they about? They lost one game a year. What, is, what was their down year? I can't – what was – it was something about – oh, I was talking about Will Venable. That's right, because an Ohio State fan, and Ohio State fans hate Will Venables because – Because they hate everyone who just doesn't you know, scream OH every time they talk. But – um. I, I, I Kirk, like that you can at least admit it. I mean, they and, hate Kirk Herbstreit. They think Kirk Herbstreit hates Ohio State. It's unbelievable. But um, yeah, it's they they definitely do. They literally ran him out of town. He moved yeah, because people were like, showing like, oh, up yeah, Ohio like State crazy. driveway or whatever. Yeah, but um, oh shit, what was my point now? Oh, um, was, um, Brian Venable, Oklahoma. Oh, Lincoln Riley, overrated or whatever. Yeah, something or not. It was about Will. Ven- it was about Venables. Take because my because I always said, "Oh, Venables is going to go coach Oklahoma," but um, it was something to like. Oh, Oklahoma's going to be fine. Oklahoma's Oklahoma because I was just debating somebody because he was because he didn't like Will Venables because he's an Ohio State fan or Brent Venables. I don't know. What yeah, Will. yeah. But um, Will's one of his sons. Yeah, but um, it, it, he was. Just, I was like, it's Oklahoma. It it's Oklahoma. They're going to be fine. They're going to – I know maybe this year is going to be tough just because so much talent is leaving, but they're going to be fine. Venables is a good coach. He's a good recruiter. They're probably going to switch identities a little bit, not not too much, but a little bit. He might actually and, bring defense to the Big 12. Exactly, and uh, SEC. But um, <laughs> yeah, Well, you know what? Now, now I know why they're changing identities. And then he's like, "Oh, but you know, Oklahoma, they were they're only good because of Lincoln Riley. Because if you remember, they had down years prior to Lincoln Riley." And I'm like, "Dude, they've never they haven't had a down year in like 30 years. What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, I don't really recall. Um, you know what? That one year, uh, I guess where the, 2016 when they lost to. Houston and Ohio State. There's your one down year that I can scoop together. It wasn't losses. even that down either. Yeah, oh, they were t- they were top twenty five teams. Baker they- Mayfield junior year. They went yeah, to the playoffs and, the previous year. Yeah, and he was a Heisman finalist. He finished fourth. So I think they were pretty good. So yeah. I 
I, I don't know. And that also may have been the D.D. Westbrook year. Mm. Um, so uh, they, they had... were, I'm sure, doing just fine. Okay. In fact, it was their... the D.D. Westbrook year. Looking at their year-to-year record. We'll start from 2000. That's how we'll end this. 2000. Um, Undefeated national championship. <laughs> what a way to start. 2001, 11-2, won the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> 2002, 12-2, won the Rose Bowl. Why were they in the Rose Bowl? Oh, because Ohio State I'm, was in the championship game. I'm, I'm calling this right now. They had one down year in 2009, and that was the year that Sam Bradford got hurt in the opening game. Uh, I'm, I'm not looking that far yet. 2003, 12-2, lost the Sugar Bowl. 2004, 12 and 1, lost the Orange Bowl to LSU. Excuse me. 2005, 8 and 4, okay. Still won the Holiday Bowl. 2006, uh, whatever. Yeah, 2006, 11 and 3, lost the Fiesta Bowl. 2007, 11 and 3, lost the Fiesta Bowl. That, I think that was the. Um, Boise State. Yeah. Wait, no, no, no. Uh, wait, one no, was Boise been... State, one was West Virginia. Yeah, 06. 06 was uh, Boise, 07 was West Virginia. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I remember loving that West Virginia team. Uh, 2008, <laughs> 2008, 12-2, lost to Florida in the championship game. 2009, 8-5, Stun Bowl win. 2010, 12-2, won the Fiesta Bowl. 2011, 10-3, won the Insight Bowl. Uh, I don't know about going to the Insight Bowl as Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, oh. 12 and, 2012, 10-3. They won the Cotton Bowl, or lost the Cotton Bowl. 2013, 11-2, won the Sugar Bowl. Um, 2014, 8-5, lost the Athletic Bowl. 2015, 11-2, lost the Orange Bowl. 2016, 11-2, won the Sugar Bowl. The Orange Bowl was the playoff. Uh, 12-2, lost the Rose Bowl that awesome year to Georgia against Georgia, 2017. 2018, still the greatest Rose Bowl of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. 2018, 12 and 2, lost the Orange. 12 and, 12 and 2, lost the Peach. 9 and 2, won the Cotton Bowl. And then 11 and 2 this year and won the Alamo Bowl. So Oklahoma's been good for a long time. Uh, yeah, that's I, I'm, I'm not surprised that Ohio State fans did not exactly take notice because last time they, last time they missed the bowl game was the year <coughs> I was born. Yeah, so I. I <clears throat> I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit. I think they're fine. Um, although I have I have heard that I, I've already heard it that the Uh-oh. greatest Rose Bowl of all time just took place. It did not, despite the fact that Texas beat USC and Oklahoma and Georgia beat Oklahoma. Penn State beat or USC beat Penn State too. That was a great Rose Bowl. That was like if you turned your TV off at halftime thinking. Like oh this under is in the oh, bag I watched and, that game and, you, and you turn you turned off the TV and you turned it on a few hours later and was checking scores and you're like hold on I had this under what happened um, <laughs> what magic happened God the Rose Bowl rocks every year it was the highest watched bowl game this bowl season it, it's just I think it's the, the scenery I, I think I, it's, I think people really just enjoy looking at that stadium yeah. I'm it's pissed. great. One of my friends who lives out there went to the Rose Bowl one year. I was pissed. It was Ohio State Washington. Oh yeah, the oh my. We talked about this last week. The the baddest beat of all time. The baddest beat of all time was that and this year. God damn it. 
Oh my goodness, dude. Travion Henderson had one guy to beat and then he just let himself oh. get tackled at the two. I thought they were gonna I thought they were going for the touchdown. I dude, I knew it because they called the timeout. They, they went to commercial break, and I'm like, if I see Noah Ruggles on my screen, I know there are gonna be a lot of people. I I had friends Furious. sending all kinds of memes in the chat. I one of my friends sent that picture of Jimmy Butler like leaning over the ta- the scores <laughs> table or whatever, like yeah, like, <laughs> like he just left just it all dejected. out. Just Exactly. Oh, that was God. Jackson Smith and Jake for Heisman. And man, I hope his brother is half as good as baseball as his brother is a football. Yeah, Pittsburgh Pirates. because uh, he, yeah, man, forty man roster. Yeah. All right. All right. We covered a lot. This is uh, this is the most fun podcast we've ever done in my. We opinion. really I talked was, about nothing. And well, you know what? I had a good time doing it. Yeah. So, uh, what are we going to talk about next week? I have, uh, I guess, game. NFL because we're going to be heading into the playoffs. We'll have, oh, we'll have some playoff betting lines. That'll be a, a fun thing to cover. And when is that uh, draft season? That Monday championship that always takes place that I hate. Next week. Or this coming Monday. Oh, the 10th? Yeah. Well, all right. I, we can talk about that a little bit too. But uh, yeah, we're both going to be disappointed with how the NFL playoffs shake out because I don't think the Jaguars are beating the Colts. But no. regardless. Uh, Thank you, Seven, and we will see you all next week. Take care. Peace.